Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back, Colts fans, to the Blue Stable podcast, the official Colts podcast of fans cited. My name is Destin Adams. With me, as always, my guys, Michael Terrazas, Rashad McGinnis. How are you guys doing this fine Thursday evening? Well, you know, man, I'm still uh, still waiting on that gumbo from Rashad. But other than that, man, my life's doing pretty great. Um, You're leaving soon, so therefore... I'm a little upset with you, Michael. You just sprung this uh, news on me. So therefore, the gumbo is going to come a lot faster. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to FedEx it. Well, I can't say FedEx. I work for the damn post FedEx. Office. <laughs> I work for the post office. I'm not allowed to say FedEx, UPS, yeah. on any platform. I'm gonna open. So. I'm gonna open that box, and it's gonna be sour. <laughs> hey, it's it's okay. I doubt any of your. Uh, bosses in louisiana are listening to our colts podcast anyway but just in case he was just joking yeah if you guys are listening (laughs) (laughs) but hey it's that time of the week we're not reflecting on a loss we're preparing for a win that's what we're doing here today guys we're looking forward to the upcoming game in miami the location where the colts have played the last two super bowls they've played in in miami just Uh saying so Maybe there's a chance of some magic going to happen there, but the Colts are taking on former Indianapolis Colt Jacoby Brissett, fan favorite, one may say, Jacoby Brissett. Um, going into Miami, there's a lot of things to look into. The first thing we want to cover real quick with you all, this uh, beautifully long 
injury report from practice today. Um, not words you want to hear about the injury report, but I mean, if you're a Colts fan and you're not expecting a long injury report, where have you been the last 10 seasons? Um, <laughs> but real quick going through it, we have Jack Doyle did not practice with a back injury for the last two days. Um, Eric Fisher um, had rest on Wednesday, was a full participant again today. Probably a good sign that we're going to see Fisher out there this week, hopefully better than he was last week. Darius Leonard did not practice with an ankle on Wednesday, a light participant Thursday. Here, here's when we're going to go on a little bit of a tough, uh, tough run for the do not practices. All these guys did not practice for two straight days. Quentin Nelson with an ankle, now a knee as well, did not practice the last two days. Quiddy Pay with that hamstring has not practiced yet this week. Braden Smith missed last week's game, um, did not practice for the last two days with a foot slash thumb. Kari Willis as well with an ankle slash groin. You always hate to see groin type of injuries, um, did not practice the last two days. Another one that has not practiced this week at all, Rocky Asin with an ankle. It's okay, guys. It's not like any of those players are key players for the Indianapolis Colts, right? We're, we're fine. Um, and then we have a few more light participants. that We have Antoine Woods, who got called up off the practice squad last week um, with a back, did not practice Wednesday, a light participant on Thursday. And then we got Mark Lewinsky with a knee, a light participant Wednesday, did not practice on Thursday. Um, that's – Ooh, that's a little dangerous there. Um, and then we have jo Jonathan Taylor has been a light participant the last two days. Carson Wentz as well, a light participant the last two days. Uh, I'm just going to say it. Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like this. There's a chance that the Colts are running into this game with Eric Fisher, most likely at, at best 75%. Is that what you'd say? Um, if I had to put a number on it, at best, 75% of Eric Fisher. Probably, if I had to guess, we're probably not going to see Quentin Nelson. Um, Frank Reich basically said he'd be shocked if he was out there without saying it. Uh, I'd say Quentin Nelson's not going to be out there, so we're going to have Chris Reed. Ryan Kelly seems to be healthy currently. Knock on wood if you're listening. Um, Ryan Kelly should be in there at center. Glowinski all of a sudden missing practice with a knee injury on Thursday before the game. That doesn't add up for uh, great success there. Um, so, I mean, we, who, who do we see there? Um, do, they, do we get to see the rookie Will Fries, who they decided to keep on the roster on the 53? Um, do they maybe slide over the tackle they just traded for that also played a little guard? I thought he played a lot better at guard prior for the Eagles last year when he did tackle. Maybe we see prior at, at guard and then we see Davenport at tackle. A lot of options on that offensive line with a Carson Wentz that's still not going to be at 100%. It's uh, not ideal. Yeah, it's – it's. I mean, when I saw the, the injury report, I thought my girlfriend sent me the grocery list, to be honest with you. I was just like, what the heck? And then I noticed, oh, man, it's Indianapolis Colts injury report. Three uh, linemen probably going to be down, maybe. Can't really speak for Ryan Kelly or uh, Lewinsky. Yeah, Braden Smith, Quentin Nelson, we have a good feeling that they're going to be out – but I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I think putting Pryor at right guard rather than Will Fries because you know what you have in Pryor. You know he can – I mean, maybe he's a – I don't know if I'd say he's a better run blocker than uh, Glowinski. He's definitely bigger, more muscle mass, but uh, maybe you get the same run blocking ability there. 
Uh, but I'm 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 scared for this man. Smith, Nelson are out. Miami ha- has a pretty uh, they have a good front, but yeah, this injury situation just seems to not be getting better. And then, you know, having Rocky Sin on the injury report now, who's probably been our best secondary player thus far. Yeah, not not a good Thursday. Yeah, man. Um, the most concerning thing about this. Oh, and Danny Pinter is the option too to fill in that guard uh, that we haven't mentioned so far. I just thought I should throw that out there. But this is 11 starters I counted. Um, that's on his injury report. Not ideal, especially in week, what, four. This is what concerns me about the Glowinski thing is that he did light practice yesterday. And for him to go from light practice to DMP the next day, typically you see people start off the week as DMPs and then, you know, they gradually uh, up their ramp and ramp it up a little bit throughout the week. And by Friday, you know, they're, they're either light practice or they're full practice and ready to go Sunday. But for him to practice Wednesday and then to be a DMP Thursday, it's not looking good for go, man. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, Quentin Nelson is pretty much at this point, they haven't ruled him out. But if he was classified as something, I think it would be doubtful. And it's not looking good for this offensive line, man. Hopefully the Dolphins, who who doesn't have a phonic pass rush, is, is somebody, if you had to piece together a line, is a team that you may be able to get away with it with because we know what that back half of that defense is like, and, and it's rough. But the front seven is not their strong point, and hopefully it doesn't come back to haunt us if we do have to go with three replacements on the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Pinter. Um He's a little bit small to play guard. He is listed as a center slash guard on the roster. So, I mean, he is a guy that they definitely could look to um, if they needed someone to go out there. I think I would still roll with Pryor just because, I mean, like Michael kind of said, I mean, he's just a massive man, just just huge. Um, I think strength-wise he can he can make some guy he can make some plays. Um, I think he definitely is a better run blocker, um, mm-hmm. even than Davenport at tackle from what we've seen. I think Pryor is a better run blocker. Um, sliding him in at guard, I think it could be fine. But, I mean, Glowinski has really been the only healthy member of the offensive line we've seen all year. So, th- this just adding another piece to it is scary. I mean, you said 11 starters earlier. That's not counting T.Y., um, who's oh, yeah. obviously not going to be out there, yep. but not on the injury report because he's just on the IR currently. But, yeah, the Colts have uh, run into the injury bug early. Um, you always say, and I always say, if I'm going to hit that bug early, I want it, I want it to be early rather than later. But, man, this has been brutal. Um, you guys mentioned Miami's pass rush isn't stout by any means. I will say that they do like to blitz often. Oh, before uh, before we left off injuries, I wanted you to uh, I wanted to remind you about T.J. Carey. T.J. Carey also got put on IR today. Yeah, that is yeah. true. Um, so we're already going to be without T.J. Carey, who – I mean, they've been using is that like that first guy off the bench to play on the outside, even if I think he's a better interior guy. And that, mm-hmm. that matters. I mean, they cut Marvell Tell uh, with the sole purpose of this happening. So, and we'll see what all this adds up to. If I if I had to guess, I think there's going to be a lot of people ruled out um, come come tomorrow. But we'll, we'll we'll see what the report looks like tomorrow. But yeah, guys, I'm nervous. Miami, like I said, <laughs> doesn't have a stout defensive line by any means. But I will say that Brian Flores is aggressive. He likes to blitz. He really likes to blitz the linebackers. Um, 
we're, we're definitely going to have to have some heavy tight end sets um, on Sunday, um, be able to help out on both sides just in case. I mean, Eric Fisher got bullied last week against Tennessee, and that, that can't happen again. So the injury report is going to be a concern come Sunday. You hate when that's the case, I mean, but that's, that's the world we're living in, Colts Nation. The, the only positive we can really take from it they keep saying that Carson feels better this week than last week. Um, the playing while rehabbing, we talked about it last show. This isn't ideal to any of us, but at least they're acting as if this is, this is going positive. Now that could just be team talk. We never know, obviously. Um, but I mean, from what they're saying, from what beat writers are seeing in practice, it appears that Carson looks a little more mobile um, going into this game than last. Well, man, I think I think that's a big thing. Uh, Carson Wentz getting him back on track, especially like I stated earlier, against such a good secondary. Somebody like Jacob Easton or Brett Huntley would have got eaten alive by those two cornerbacks out there, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. They would have had a field day with a young quarterback, an inexperienced quarterback. Although people love to talk about Huntley's experience, let's remember, folks. That was in 2017, and since then, he's only thrown 11 passes in the NFL game. So we have to dial it back a little bit when we talk about Huntley's experience. But I think having Carson Wentz back, maybe this week he'll truly be at 70, 80, because I don't think either one of us thought he was at 70 or 80 last week. He missed some throws. He missed some reads. And I have to believe that it, it was because of that ankle. That ankle was on his mind, both ankles, actually, and, and just trying to Get away, escape the pocket, all of his mobility, his best attributes to strip from him right now at the moment. But hopefully getting Carson back an extra week of rest, he's able to, to find himself and, and get back to playing the type of football that we know he can play because he hasn't re really had a chance to establish any type of rhythm with this team yet. Man, we got Michael Pittman Jr. Screw Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, all right? I don't even know who those dudes are. Um, look, reality is Carson Wentz is going to come back stronger, better, faster this week. He's going to learn, and he's going to not overthrow Michael Pittman in the end zone. He's going to go throw three touchdown passes to Michael. That's going to be the game we're going to get our first win. There you go. The one consistency of the week. I think Mike just so did far the this whole – whole podcast in one statement go ahead I, mean, I think the one consistency every show we've had this season is somehow somewhere michael mentions michael Pittman scoring three touchdowns has it happened yet no but as soon as it does he called it that's all i'm saying to you guys that's all i'm saying well when when michael gets a freaking quarterback that can hit him in the end zone wide open then maybe it'll happen how many touchdowns do we have okay <laughs> oh it'll be more it'll than get, you no, you got the same amount as me. <laughs> hey, it'll be okay. That actually did not make my case for him, actually. Right. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I know. Bro, I that did not it make it. No. All right. But, hey, I want to jump past injuries. I do. I want to get over injuries. I don't want to have to talk about injuries anymore. And because we're going a little bit more positive here, this is the one-call technology, 
topic of the day, guys. One Call Technology is a managed telecom service provider whose senior staff has 100 plus years of experience in virtually every aspect of business communications, business phone system installation and services, managed telecom service provider, telecom carrier management, and high speed internet. Head on over to One Call's website at www.onecalltech.com or give them a call at 888. 888- 585-8850 and tell them the blue stable sent you guys. Hey, the Colts Dolphins preview. It starts right now. Injuries are in the past um, and the future for Sunday, but let's not talk about it. Um, we have a familiar face coming into town, boys. Jacoby Brissett is coming to town. How do you guys think? Um, let's start with Michael and then I'll let Rashad answer. How do you guys like the matchup of Jacoby Brissett versus this Colts cover two type defense? Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Because let's just remember that training camp when Jacoby had to play all those snaps. Let's remember that all the beat writers were saying Jacoby Brissett was eating the defensive line, the the defensive alive. So let's just remember that. Um, no Rocky Sin, no TJ Carey. Well, we don't know if there's no Rocky Sin yet. Let me correct myself. No TJ Carey, no uh, seasoned veteran in the secondary. So you kind of sit there and question, okay, what's the next move? But Jacoby with those guys, Waddle, Parker, Fuller might be coming. I know he practiced yesterday. I'll say it again. If Jacoby Brissett, throws a party, or even beats us, I'm ripping someone a new one. I guarantee that. Um, Obviously, Jacoby has an advantage. If he's going to play well against anybody, it would be this team because of the familiarity he has with the personnel and with the system that's in place. But Eberflus has been running a couple of different things that we haven't been running in the past. He's been a little more aggressive. He's been blitzing at a higher clip than he was last year. So I think that's those are things that may catch Jacoby Brissett off guard. And Joby, you can't say Joby. Jacoby Brissett right now is averaging, I believe it's uh, 4.6 yards per attempt. Like that is abysmal. Uh, we have a chance with the cover two system if we decide to play tight, tighter coverage in a cover two and not allow the underneath things that Matt Eberflus loves to tell you to take and dare them to beat us over the top. I think that is the route to go with Jacoby Brissett because he has yet to do it. I mean, he's throwing the ball to Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle's getting three yards in a cloud of dust per reception with Jacoby Brissett. So I think that is the way to go. We have to smother these receivers. We have to get on top of them early, pause. And we have to make sure that they're keeping everything underneath covered. And hey, just like Jacoby Brissett is going to have that familiarity with the defense, I mean, the defense is going to have that with Jacoby Brissett. Um, We know even as fans, and I'm sure the defense knows this even more so than we do, um, Jacoby really likes to hit his first read. Um, When that first read's taken away, that puts a lot of pressure on him. Um, Brissett also has really struggled um, when the pocket collapses around him. He is a mobile guy. Um, You really want to attack him around the edge, um, make him have to step up into the pocket, not outside the numbers. Um, that like those are some of the strengths that we know that the defense can put against Jacoby Brissett. Take away that first read. Most of the time, Jacoby is a guy that's just not going to beat you um, deep. 
But the plays do happen. The miracles happen with Jacoby at times. So you just got to take away what's normal to Jacoby and make him beat you other ways. Um, that's really all you can ask for any quarterback matchup. Um, this just happens to be one. I think this is the worst quarterback the Colts have played this season so far, obviously. Um, when you go through um, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Ryan Tannehill, um, Jacoby Brissett definitely stands out being the worst of those guys that have played. And for the most part, I mean, they've – had this defense has had moments where they're able to limit these quarterbacks. It's just the inconsistencies where they're giving it way too many big plays. I mean, like you just said, Jacoby's average on the season is a little under five yards per attempt. That That's really what this defense wants you to do. Um, they, they want you to have to do those. I, I'm going to guess that we're not going to see a screen in the end zone um, after what the Dolphins did last week for the safety when, when Jacoby threw that screen pass to Waddle in his own end zone for the safety. Um, it was probably one of the worst um, one-yard line plays I've seen ever. Um, but So I don't think we're going to see that next week, I mean this week. But I really do think I, in the Jacoby versus our defense – our cover two specific defense matchup. I think I would give the edge to the, to the Colts cover two. I do. Um, I just think, I think it's built more for a guy like Jacoby who wants to take that shorter stuff. Um, and they've been throwing it a lot. They, they've been letting him throw it a lot. I want to say the last two games that he's had to come in and play and including the start last week, he's thrown over 50 times. Um, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but he's gotten really close. Um, both of those times to throwing over 50 times a game. Um, that's not, yeah. yeah, that's not really sustainable. Um, they're gonna have to get a run game going. Sure. So we'll we'll see what happens. But I, I would give the edge to the cover two defense for sure. Yeah, I just don't. I don't know, man. I really don't. I see so much going for both teams in this game. I oh my god. I mean, we're about to get into some matchups, but the thing with this, I mean, when it comes to the basic stuff, Matt Eberflus has had a whole, like, what, two training camps to know what Jacoby likes. He's had a full season to go back on and watch what does he like to do. So you would think Matt Eberflus has the upper hand, right? Like, you would think that he is going to prepare wisely for him. Ugh, oh, my gosh. I, I just don't know what to expect. I want to believe that. Definitely, I want to believe that. Uh, he is still a defensive coordinator in this league. He got that for a reason. He is a smart football guy. I want to give him his credit. I know it's a shocker. I still don't like him, but he is smart. He's a coach for a reason. Probably shouldn't be a coordinator, but he is a coach for a reason. So <laughs> I, I have to go with hopefully the obvious that he's going to prepare for what he has so much tape on in Jacoby Brissett. I agree, man. I agree. We'll see. That's that's a matchup I'm looking forward to. And I know uh, Dustin wants to elaborate a little more on specific matchups, so I'll let him get into it. Yeah, so the next two here, we're each going to give a matchup we are confident in that the Colts are going to win that matchup this week. Um, you can be as creative as you want making that matchup. I'm going to let that be up to you guys. Um, and we're also going to give a matchup that we are the least confident in um, I've been letting Michael go first um, so so I can let him create his elaborate answer a little longer I'm gonna let Rashad take this one first so Rashad I want you to hit us with the matchup you are the most confident in going into this one um and I know they're banged up so a lot of people might not look at this as a strength but I'm going with this coach offensive line against this Dolphins defensive line 
the Colts had the Colts ran the ball really well last week. They just didn't run it often enough, and they went away from it. And Frank Wright addressed that during the week. He said he had a lot of RPOs called, and Carson checked out of it because he was getting loaded boxes, you know, and he had to throw the ball. He just didn't make the throws that he needed to make, but it was the right checks. You know, you can't run into eight and nine-man boxes. It just can't happen. You, you have to throw the ball in those situations. And Carson rightfully so checked out at a lot of those things. Um, Miami probably is going to do a lot of the same thing. Uh, Dustin stated earlier how Brian Flores loves to blitz. So he's going to load the boxes and send multiple people coming from different angles to try to confuse Carson and get him to get rid of the ball to hot areas. Uh, and they're going to be sitting on those. So I still think anytime it's a five or six man box, um, we're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball really well in the times we do run the ball. Hopefully we can take advantage of that early and often and not playing from behind for the first time this season because we haven't had the lead much at all. And hopefully we can get off to a better start with the run game and through to game we'll be able to stick with the run game and not have to abandon it as we had to do for the last three weeks. Oh man, Rashad, you you, you took the one that I that I was gonna I'm say. I'm sorry, man. Uh, you know, in Indy, I believe, is number 28 in the league in rush defense, and Miami is number 27 in the league. So they're both pretty pr- pretty bad. Um, so I would definitely roll that way. I'm going to be honest, guys. I'm going to be really honest with y'all. I actually don't have a matchup I'm confident in this weekend. I don't have one. None? I really don't. I was going to say, you know, the wide receivers, but Byron Jones and Xavier Howard are two good corners. They are. Brian Flores. Oh, so you realize who they were? Very. That's funny. You just said you Look, didn't man, know. man, it was just a joke, okay? <laughs> it was just a joke. But being serious, Brian Flores is a damn good defensive coach. I know he's going he's gonna to put a plan together somehow. The offensive line, I feel like we're a little bit banged up. That's really the one that I was going to go with because that's the only one I could see that made sense because if Ryan Kelly, hopefully, I mean, what, he'll go up against, I can't I forget his name, Christian Wilkins, I believe that's his name, um, out of Clemson, I believe, a few years ago. Those matchups, Matt Pryor, hopefully being at right guard, Eric Fisher, Chris Reed, who is who's probably our best depth piece. That's the one I'm, I'm going to echo Rashad because, honestly, when I look at this matchup, injury-wise, personnel, Carson being hobbled, uh, I really respect Brian Flores a lot. Our defense is injured. Their TJ Carey is gone. I mean, I, I can't sit here and say one that I'm confident in. So I'm just going to echo Rashad's point. I'm going to go with one that is probably going to be a strength for the Colts the entire season just because of how dynamic this player is. I'm going to say Naeem Hines um, against the linebackers slash safeties here. Um, the Really the only linebacker coverage-wise, speed-wise – that is going to have – when I say any chance, it's just going to be that he has some speed behind him on this Dolphins team. Jerome Baker, um, he has some speed at linebacker for the Dolphins. But, I mean, overall, I don't see a guy, unless they're going to try to throw a, a nickel corner, a slot corner on Naeem all day, that I don't really see many people that are going to keep up with him. I mean, Jason McCourty say, is a safety in the back. Eric Rowe is a safety in the back. You, but you take that nickel off some of these receivers, I mean – We'll be able to eat in that slot if you're going to be if you're willing to take that off and put a linebacker there. We did mention earlier that they do like to blitz 
quite often. Um, but I, mean, you, I can't imagine you can sustain blitzing a linebacker all game. Um, you're going to have to drop him back in coverage at some point. And I think Naeem Hines really has the skill set and the speed to win most of these reps on Sunday. I, th- I think this is, has a chance to be his biggest game of the season so far. So go ahead and lock me in that. Um, fantasy owners, um, sports <laughs> betters, um, anybody who's listening that that matters to you, um, just go ahead and lock me in. And I think this is going to be Naeem Hines' biggest, best game of the season so far. So we're, we can go in reverse order here. Um, so I'll go ahead and go first. Um, matchup that I am the least – confident in I'm gonna say I'm the least confident in our corners versus their receivers this week um I'm gonna be worried about their corners pretty much all year um their receivers don't sound the sexiest when you just hear the names but these are three talented guys they're gonna get the they're going to be out there quite often. Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddle. Um, I don't know if Will Fuller is officially playing this game or not or if he's if his suspension's up yet. Um, and then Preston Williams is another guy who had some success last year before his injury. Fuller, he he's playing. Fuller's playing. Mm-hmm. Um, Fuller went healthy. He's torched the Colts multiple times when he was on the mm-hmm. Multiple. Um, Waddle has, has looked really talented early. Devontae Parker, um, he's, a, he's a guy that produces. Um, I'm nervous um, to see what these guys can do against our corners, man. Xavier Rhodes needs to be better this week. He was coming right off injury. It was his season debut last week. I understand um, with the injury issues there. He's going to need to improve from last week, um, depending on who he's going to have to see on that side of the field. Um, Kenny Moore struggled with Chester Rogers at some points last game. Jalen Waddle is going to probably be in that slot this week. Um, can't imagine he's going to be easier than Chester Rogers. The corners are going to have to step up. That's definitely the matchup I'm the least confident in. So who's next? Me or Rashad? It's you, Mike. All right. Well, this probably serves as no surprise. But until I get proven wrong, I'll go different. But the one I'm least confident in is Jacoby Brissett versus Matt Eberflus. Kind of for the same reason I said Matt Eberflus should game plan for this quarterback. Jacoby Brissett has gone against this same defense numerous times he knows the soft spots he knows Darius Leonard's tendencies you know to overcommit get lost in space he knows Kenny Moore he knows he just knows this scheme when Jacoby Brissett I go back to that 2019 year where everybody was talking about questioning his talent it was the week of the Houston Texans game at home we're like man Jacoby has got to go throw for throw with Deshaun Watson. He's got to go. And when he went in that game motivated, he passed for three touchdown passes in about 320 yards. That's probably the best game I've seen from Jacoby Brissett. He was motivated. So coming into this game, you know, you you can make up the storylines. The Colts brought in Phillip Rivers. They gave up on Jacoby Brissett. You know, those storylines are out there. Trust me, they're out there. He's going to come in pissed off. He's going to come in motivated. He's going to want payback. So a motivated Jacoby Brissett, who's probably putting twice as much effort, game planning, mentally preparing, just sitting down with his offensive coordinator and saying, look, this is what they're going to do. This is what, who they are. And he doesn't ever change out of it. So that's the one I'm least confident in, to be honest with you. Uh, I still like Jacoby. He's a great guy. I just think when he has a little fire burning inside him, especially he will on Sunday, I'm very nervous about that matchup. So 
Yeah. Uh, no surprise here. I've been talking about this matchup off podcast, and it's the Colts passing offense against these two cornerbacks. Um, Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, uh, Pro Bowl, all pro level type of player. Um, they're just game changers, man. They're, they're the type of cornerbacks that even if you they give up, you know, a couple of catches at any given time, Xavier Howard has ball skills like a wide receiver, man. He can go up and grab an interception, change the change the whole dynamic of a game on any throw. So I think Carson Wentz must be careful how he approaches him when he decides to approach him. Uh, Michael Pittman has been coming coming along really good. Uh, he's tied for fourth in targets between the last two uh, two weeks, week two and week three, with 24. So Carson has been looking at him often and getting the ball to him. Hopefully that continues, but I know that he is at the top of this secondary's priority list as far as who are they going to game plan for, who they're going to try to stop. They're studying the type of routes that he like, and they're going to jump some of those because those are aggressive corners. So we're going to have to find a way to take advantage of those, maybe a couple double moves, but we have to get him time in order for him to be able to pull this off. But this passing offense against that, that secondary, those two corners in particular, that matchup scares me to death. I'm, I'm going to harp on that a little bit I am excited for this matchup not because I'm confident in it not because I'm scared of it just because whichever side Michael lines up at he's going to be guarded by a pretty good corner Byron Jones or Howard so it's like there's not going to be a rep off that you take and in his mind he's never taken a rep off absolutely so every single snap whichever side of the field you're on you're going to have a challenge. You're going to have a different challenge. You're going to have two guys that are literally watching for where you are at all times. And again, I want to continue to see him grow, to see him grow. One week, it's, oh man, who's the guy in Seattle? I think it was Quandre Diggs. Then it's Jalen Ramsey. And then it's really nobody in Tennessee. Now you're going to go against a pretty good tandem in Miami. And I'm, I'm excited to see that match. I just want to continue to see this guy grow. Everybody already knows he's my favorite player on the team. Hey, and I respect you keep riding with him. He's definitely stepped up to the plate this year, just not the three touchdowns a game that Michael wants um, each and every oh week, of course. But jumping here to the last part of the show before we send you guys out, prediction time. Every other episode so far this season – at least two of the three hosts on um, have picked against the Colts. I'm really interested to see how this one goes. Um, but here we go for – let's go Michael first. Michael, what is your score prediction for this game? Man. <sighs> Damn. I, I'm going to go with Miami in this game. I'm going to go with Miami. I just think Jacoby Brissett has a fire burning inside of him that he wants to just unleash on this team. Um, Miami has some talent. Brian Flores is a great coach. We have a hobbled quarterback. Offensive line is banged up. Corners looking like we're not, we're going to be out of two of our top three. So I'm going to go with Miami. Final score is going to be... 
27 to 20. Is it my turn next, Dustin? Or you want the floor? Okay, well, I have the pleasure of going next. And for the first time this season, I am going to predict a Colts victory. I am predicting the Colts to win this game almost out of desperation at this point. If if we don't beat Miami, uh, I don't like our chances going into Baltimore next week. Uh, and I just don't see this team starting out 0-5. So I'm going to say we're going to steal this game. Is it a steal? Are we the favorites? I didn't even see the line for this week. That's how much I've been disconnected. But I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts, 20-17. to 17. Uh, Jacoby Brissett's going to play fine. He's going to play like Jacoby Brissett. You know, he's not going to do anything to win the game, but he's not going to necessarily throw the game away. He's going to keep his team in it. I think Carson will do just enough to get us over the top, and I think the defense will make a big play at the end of the game. I'm taking the Colts as well. I'm 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 gonna preface that first. I'm taking okay. the Colts. Okay. I'll say that currently the Dolphins are favored in this one. Just to answer your question on the line, um, mm. the Dolphins are favored at minus two. So it's a very slim mm. favorite, um, but they do have them as the favorite. Um. Yeah. That I'm not going a close one. Um. I mm. I am uh, taking the Colts, and what? I'm putting a lot of trust in my boys at zero and three. I'm gonna say the Colts win this one 30 to 17. Wow. 30 to 17. What's what? 13 point difference there. So two scores, basically. What's um, Michael Pittman's stat line? Um, I'm gonna go for Pittman this week. I'm gonna say he gets nine targets, he catches six of them, and he ends up with 84 yards and a touchdown. Gets gets okay. gets in the end zone okay. this week. No overthrow from Carson. Michael Terrazas gets to go run around naked in Louisiana after a Michael <laughs> Pittman touchdown. Um, but 30-17, um, this, I mean, I don't usually like to go uh, that big on point differentials and predictions, even if I have the Colts winning. But I don't know why. I feel, I feel weirdly confident, even with the offensive line where it is, in this one. I'm I'm excited, man. I went 2017. You 10 up me and went 30 to 17. Hey, I had I had the number already before you said a thing. I promise. I I, I was on a show uh, with our boy Marcus at Culture Shock. If you haven't subscribed to his YouTube channel, make sure you guys do that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was on with him this week previewing it, and I said 27 to 17 Colts. Um, that was a couple days ago. The injury report has only gotten worse. So why I added three points to the Colts score? I was about to the say Lord it. Lord knows. Only the Lord knows why I did it. But that's that's where I feel confidently. That's where I felt in my brain, and I had to I had to do it. I had to say it. 30 to 17 Colts are going to win. One in three will feel real good. Please, dear God, please. This is gonna be show funny me, if Mike always picked with Mike always picked with the Colts. Now he decided to pick against him, and me and Dustin picks with pick with him. Yeah, it'll be funny if, if this is the case. Please. Michael might have to pick against the Colts the rest of the year. <laughs> Dude, please show me something in this game, please, for the love of God. I, I, I say this every week. Feel like so far, I always say Frank Reich respond well to losses, and I've been saying it for like two to two weeks straight now. Well, it's not even so, about Frank Reich anymore. Do these guys respond well to losses? Do they respond well to embarrassment? Because yeah. they've been embarrassing. They got to come out and respond to that. But guys, 
This has been the Blue Stable Podcast, the official Colts podcast of Fansided. My name is Destin Adams. Joined with me today, as always, was Rashad McGinnis and Michael Tarazas. And as always, even when they're 0-3, even if they're 0-4 come Monday, which they won't be, 30-17 Colts, go Colts. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.